Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Minds on Mental Health podcast. My name is Andy Dean. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And today I'll be interviewing Chrissy Isaac, who's also a licensed clinical social worker, as well as a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. And today, Chrissy and I will be discussing how to best support people who may be struggling with grief during the holidays. So I hope you find it helpful and enjoy the podcast. Chrissy Isaac, thank you so much for coming out to the podcast today. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me. Well, I know that you had recently written this article, and it's about what people who are grieving during the holiday season really want from others during that during this time. And obviously, I think the holiday season can be a complicated time for people, but I guess I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you know, why that is. Sure. I mean, I think that, um, you know, when we look at the holiday season, a lot of times we'll read articles or tips for those that are grieving and that's really important, but there's also this other angle of what can we provide to those who are grieving during this time of year. And I think that that's another angle that's equally worth taking a look at and trying to figure out how we can help those during this time. Holidays in general can be a very stressful time of year for anyone, but then especially when we're suffering from a loss or a recent death, you know, we're grieving through this time and it just makes this time of year even that much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we figured that this would be an article worth writing and worth talking about. And so I'm so glad that you're having me on to this podcast today. Well, I'm glad to talk to you about it. But it sounds like your your focus here is really more on people who want to support those who may be struggling with grief. Here are some ways that maybe you can do that that you haven't necessarily thought of. Exactly. Awesome. So I noticed that the first tip that you kind of gave in the article is is to really not pressure people to follow tradition. And I guess I'm just wondering if you can talk about that a little bit. Sure. You know, and let me start out by saying that I'm not a certified grief counselor. Um, my focus and my clinical background hasn't traditionally been with working with grief. Um, but I definitely have worked with clients that have been grieving and as a human being, I've also had my own personal experiences with grief. Um, and so it was through those experiences that I was able to kind of um, put forth these, these insights. Sure. So when it, when it comes to tradition, you know, for years, every time we have this like seasonal holiday slew of Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever we might tend to celebrate during this time of year, it's really focused and centered around different types of traditions. Um, that we like to engage in a lot of times socially. So when there's a recent death or when we're grieving someone um, around the holidays, it changes everything. And especially how we uh, view traditions that we might've done in previous years. Um, And so one of the tips that, you know, I talked about is really being able to be in tune with a person who's grieving and checking in with them and seeing how do they want to navigate this holiday season? Some people um, might want to continue on with traditional uh, social gatherings, traditional festivities. Other people may want nothing to do with what traditionally had happened in past holiday seasons. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, kind of respecting that grief is a really unique experience for the person and for the situation, being able to check in with your loved one or with your friend and seeing how they're feeling and what they're up to doing and don't pressure them one way or the other, support whatever their decision is of what they'd like to do this year. 
Sure. I guess I could definitely see how people's first instinct might be, oh, you know, um, this person just lost someone. They can't, we can't let them be alone on the holidays. We have to make sure they come over and, and they do all the things that we used to do. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that they're not alone. And it sounds like what you're saying here, although it's not necessarily specific to just being alone, but some people may not want much to do with the holidays during this time, even though our first inclination or our first instinct might be to really try to pull that person out of their house or pull that person back into old traditions. Absolutely. I mean, we want, of course, we want to be including people. We don't want them to feel like they're isolated or that they're alone. But to some degree, when someone's experiencing the holidays for the first time after the death of a loved one, there's a certain level of like, we can't console that kind of a, of a loss experiencing mm -hmm. the holidays during this time while we're grieving. Mm -hmm. And as much as we can include someone, that's not going to take away the pain of what they're experiencing. Sure. So it's, it's really understanding that for every person, they're going to want to navigate this differently. And even if, you know, it's not the typical holiday party that they're coming to for family or friends or office, um, there's other ways that we can continue to allow them to feel connected and supported besides enforcing traditions for tradition's sake, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so really kind of allowing that person to figure out what's their best way of healing and getting through this time and supporting that no matter what it might be. So maybe just having like an open dialogue with this person about what they think would be the most helpful. Exactly. And that kind of brings me to one of the other points that I had made. So another clinician and a colleague of, of mine, you know, had mentioned that in her private practice that she was working with people who were grieving this time of year and that they had mentioned that they can really feel when other people are walking on eggshells around them mm -hmm. or trying to avoid certain topics of, of conversation because they don't want to bring up anything painful or they don't want to hurt the person that's grieving. But as human beings, I think that especially when we have a close connection with someone, we can tell when they're walking on eggshells. We can tell when they're avoiding talking about something. And so one of the tips that I had written was don't walk on eggshells, mm -hmm. you know, and I encourage open dialogue and encourage open discussion of, you know, let's let's talk about what you may need this time of year, whether it's a hand decorating your home, if it's you know, some help grocery shopping or cleaning up around the house a little bit. Let's talk about what those needs might be. Let's not avoid this just because it might be an uncomfortable um, topic of conversation or we're afraid to bring up the elephant in the room. But if you're grieving around this time of year, the elephant in the room is there continuously. You're not, if, mm, if you're mm. trying to support someone, you're not raising something that they're not already thinking about or that they're not already aware of. Yeah. So to me, it sounds like so much of this is really centered around managing our own reactions to either being around the person that's grieving or being cognizant of what that person might want. And I, I guess to me, it sounds like so far you've talked about really trying to be cognizant of not avoiding talking about certain things or doing certain things um, in front of this person who's grieving or also like managing our own reaction to Maybe they do just want to be alone, or maybe they don't want to do exactly the same thing that we used to do. And that's okay. And if it's not okay, like that's more a reflection of what's going on with me, not necessarily what's going on with that person. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's completely normal to have our own emotional response to someone else's grief. Mm-hmm. Death mm-hmm. is one of the most challenging aspects of life that we face as individuals. And at some point or another, every one of us is going to experience grief. And so when we see someone that we love, we see someone that we care about going through, especially the holiday season, knowing that they just lost a loved one and that they're feeling the amount of pain that they're probably feeling, we're going to have our own emotional response to that. And that's normal. And, you know, sometimes we might be thinking, oh, goodness, well, you know, if this was me, I would definitely want people to encourage me to come out Mm, and, you mm. know, go to that party and be around other people. And that's fine that we can be in tune with what we would want. And in some cases, your loved one, your friend might need that encouragement a little bit. But to really check in with that person and to understand that there's our feelings, there's our response emotionally of what, you know, what our friend is going through and, and how we feel about that. But then there is our loved one, our friend, and what they're experiencing. And being able to really sit down with them and not avoid these types of discussions and respect that everyone's grief process is unique, but that we can support someone even if it's if they want to do something that's different from what we would have done in a grief situation, that's okay. Yes, totally. <laughs> Okay, so so far we really talked about not walking on eggshells in front of a person who's grieving, uh, not pressuring them to follow tradition. What's something else that you would encourage people to do? I think, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but understanding that, you know, each experience is unique with mm-hmm. grief. And so try not to make the assumption that grief is universally felt the exact same way or experienced the exact same way. So try not to assume that your experience with grief is the exact same experience that your your loved one is having. And again, I, I can't emphasize this enough, but like being able to have dialogue with that person and really be in tune with meeting them where they are, with what they might need, with what they might want, and understanding that their experience well, there are definite commonalities that we can relate to when it comes to loss, when it comes to grieving, when it comes to that painful process. It is a unique experience. It is different than yours. <laughs> yeah. So again, not necessarily taking what I think I might want in this situation or how I think I might feel and placing that onto somebody else. Exactly. And I'll give you even um, a personal example, you and I actually, and oh, what so, did, oh, what did I do? What did I say? <laughs> you can choose. You can choose to keep this in, or you can choose to edit this out. I said the wrong but... thing. I'm sure. No, it's okay. No, Let's hear it. <laughs> no, you didn't say anything. This was actually me. So, I know that recently that you had lost your dog when your dog passed. It was a couple of months ago, I uh-huh. think, at this point. And you know, even even with my experience with losing our family dog that we also had for over a decade as well. And granted, grief is, you know, again, it's, it's all different types of experiences. People, you know, people dying is one thing. Animals that are a part of our family passing, you know, initiates our own grief response, our own experiences. But I also had a struggle 
trying to remember that my grief experience with losing our family dog was different than your grief experience in that moment mm, when we mm. had some conversations and I was doing my best to kind of support you through that, you know, through that challenge. <laughs> you did a great time. job. You did a great job. I can't even remember, you know, the specifics of, you know, what I might have said, but I just remember mm. doing my best to, to take a step back and to listen, you know, maybe what was coming up for you at that point and do my best to support whatever it is that I could in, in those moments and in, in those first couple of days after you had to put them down. Um, and so that was kind of part of what went into me, you know, writing this particular tip about understanding that my experiences with grief are not universal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess when you were saying that, I was just thinking to myself, no relationship is the same. And that I think has a lot to do with what you're saying here. Like just in this example I gave, like my relationship with my dog is different than the relationship that you had with your dog when you were growing up. Exactly. And, you know, obviously this applies to people too. I think what you're saying is like, it's going to be different just because all relationships are different. Exactly. And I think that's where when we're able to sit down with our loved one who's grieving and really listen to what it is that they're experiencing, that's when we're going to pick up on the differences of their mm. grief experience. That's when we're going to see the uniqueness of that and understand that there's going to be variations to what they're experiencing versus our experiences with grief. Yeah, and that's okay. We don't all need to have the exact same experiences to support each other. Mm -hmm. So I actually just want to take a step back for a second because I know that one of the first things that you said was like not to pressure people to follow tradition. Um, and I guess just in reading sort of what you had sent me, one of those that I think it, there's some there's another point here that's kind of the opposite in a way, but but not really. And and I think it's when you say to still remember, even though you don't have to follow tradition. So can you just talk about that a little bit, like the piece on it's still important to remember, even though we might not necessarily be doing the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think whether or not we consciously think about the person or our loved one who has died during the holidays, we're, it's going to come up. We're going to remember them in some way or another. And to a large degree, it can be very therapeutic if we come up with our own creative way of memorializing a person during this time of year. So some people who may choose to carry on that tradition of, you know what, I'm going to have my loved ones over for Christmas dinner or, you know, during Hanukkah or any of the holidays that we celebrate during this time of year. If we decide that we want to do that, we can still include the memory of the person who has died. Mm -hmm. And so some people may choose to leave an empty chair at the table, at the dining room table to represent that person that we're thinking of and that we're remembering. Other people may choose to light a candle as you know a memorial to that person. Some people choose to maybe include an ornament for the Christmas tree, um, or they might decide to write a letter. It just depends, again, this is where it really comes down to everyone's experience with grieving during the holidays is going to be a unique experience. And being in tune with ourselves and how we want to remember 
our loved one who has died. This is up to the individual. And it's okay if, if, you know, I think kind of remembering as well that if we don't want to do it this year where we memorialize the person that we're grieving, that's okay too. Right. Um, but just kind of being in tune with sometimes remembering those who have passed on is, you know, its own creative process and healing process to the person who's grieving. And mm-hmm. so allowing a space and allowing the time for that as a supportive friend or family member is also an important element to just kind of explore or think about. Sometimes people will choose to like have a picture around, Mm -hmm. you know, either at the table or under the tree or in general to be there with other people. It's sort of a way of including their memory too. And basically it sounds like, you know, finding ways that are comfortable for you that make sense for you to remember and honor the person that's passed on. And also, I, I think another important point here that you said was like, or, you know, you don't have to do anything special if you don't have to leave an empty seat at the table if you don't want to or do anything out of the ordinary if maybe it's too upsetting or you're not comfortable with it for some reason. That There's also nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, remembering that also honoring someone um, doesn't have to be like a public display or doesn't mm. have to even be displayed in your home for my own unique experiences with grief. Um, there was a piece of jewelry from a family member that had died that I, that I wore during mm. the holidays and that allowed me to feel close to that person that I was grieving. It allowed me to have, um, honor and, you know, kind of remembering them by wearing this, but it wasn't something that I was necessarily putting out there to my friends or to my family in those moments. It was more personal just to me. And it was sort of a discreet way that I had chosen to remember during the holidays. Mm -hmm. So everyone has their own unique way of kind of doing stuff like this. But I think just remembering that we can honor someone's memory in all different types of ways or not. And that's okay around the holiday. That rhymed, and that was not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a beautiful point. It's it's so true. Okay, so did you want to maybe just offer your last tip here? Sure. So uh, the last tip that I wrote about was doing our best to offer a means of support, and there's a lot of avenues of support that we can get when we're grieving. But I think a lot of times when we are the ones that are experiencing that grief, trying to find trying to find those different avenues for support can be very overwhelming considering when we're really in the thick of grief sometimes just getting out of bed can be overwhelming mm-hmm. so you know when i think about putting in an internet search for um different support groups that are out there thinking about doing that while in the thick of grieving can be really really difficult so as friends or loved ones to those who are grieving this is something to remember that a simple internet search Um, for different types of peer support groups uh, for grief uh, or trying to find a therapist that's also grief certified or specializes in working with grief can be really important. And of course, offering your support as a loved one, a friend, a family member. This is also a method of uh, support that's out there as well. But doing our best to be in tune with different types of avenues for support and how that can be helpful, not just for the person that's grieving this year during the holidays, but at some point, again, I know I'd mentioned this previously, 
at one point or another, all of us in life is going to experience grief. And so the more we're in tune with different avenues of support that's out there, who knows, one day we might be the ones tapping into those support groups or, or calling that therapist for some grief support. Right. And so just being in tune with different avenues that are out there, it's going to be beneficial, not just for the person we're thinking of, but eventually maybe one day for ourselves.